Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking the live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign. With the adventure, the Herald, and the quest, the present, our party in the last couple episodes had made their way back from the treacherous clutches of the evil lich Unthrendil back to Enton to realize that the time that they had available to them to save the world was definitely dwindling. In a wild effort, many of their pals over in Enton decided to pull something of a Hail Mary and try to take down the uh, succubi queen Kalaskai herself. Uh, unfortunately, nobody's heard much from them. Apparently, the king of Azkabellum is also in a strange state, but the party have no time for this. So they hop in the wave wraith, say bye-bye to all their pals, and they fly north to the city of Eagleheart in order to finally put to rest Kalaskai. Uh, along the way, they made it a difficult decision of which way to go, stopping at the top of a mountain and trying to climb their way down, realizing that their wonderful blimp-style arrow ship I guess if you want to call it that, was going to be tailed by some of those iron hawks that they had dealt with before. The party decided that they would take on the treacherously difficult battle on the mountainside and fight the iron hawks themselves in a uh, wonderfully excellent battle. The party were able to defeat them and make their way down the mountainside. After a few days of traveling on foot, uh, the party finally made it to the outskirts of the city of Eagleheart. Um... As I described previously, you can see from the smoke rising over the city in the distance and from the castle, as well as giant hunks of rusty metal floating in the sky above the city, ominously like circling clouds. Um, this place does not look well. You guys had spent quite a bit of time in Eagleheart, not a tremendous long time, um, but you guys do have a pretty decent memory of this place. Uh, having been knighted, and one of you having removed that title uh, quite forcibly, as I remember, um, you guys uh, would probably have a pretty good idea of exactly where you are as far as like quarters of the city. So knowing that the castle itself is pretty well to the farthest east you could possibly go, right on the coast, right on the ocean, say, uh, sort of sitting on a cliffside, um, you guys are on the completely farthest west portion. Uh, judging by the distance you'll have to travel through the city, sort of down to the bottom and climbing up to the castle, if that's how you want to do it. It looks like on foot, this will probably take you if you're going at a decently slow speed, not just sprinting the whole way there, maybe an entire like 24 hours to probably 36 hours, just because of how much like 
and unless you guys want to go balls to the wall and just speed run through this thing, if you want to go stealthily, it looks like it's going to take a long time. So I guess my first question for the party is, standing on the outskirts at the crack of dawn, what would the party like to do now to proceed forward? I guess you could probably discuss this. Maybe. Do we have the capability of going stealthily? Just between everyone that isn't Klika? Nope. Well, there's a difference between going stealthily as in rolling stealth checks and going stealthily as in, like, marking your positions, keeping a close watch on where people are, and, like, taking the longest route through certain... You know what I mean? Like, when I say stealthily, I just mean taking your sweet time and, like, being strategic with your movements. Not, like, oh, everybody okay. twinkle toe and like Scooby-Doo. But that is an option, too, if you guys want to twinkle toe like Scooby-Doo. I've never seen it pulled off, but I'm willing to try. I'll get my tiny little xylophone and just... Mm-hmm. You're going to have to put a map up that has a lot of doors on it. <laughs> I'm not doing that. There's no map I'm making for that. Um, as far as a layout of the city, I'll give you guys that, just because that'll probably make life a little bit easier, as far as like districts. So the overall shape of Eagle Heart is something of like an hourglass kind of shape. It's a little bit squishy, so it's almost like an eight um, with the farthest northern reach being like farmland as well as some like outskirting sort of, uh, I don't want to say slums, but kind of slums. The south part is sort of bordered by the leftover mountains of the uh, Keratos range, which you guys had just climbed down. So the buildings kind of just stop at the mountain range. Um, there is an inner wall that separates from the outer area. And there's one large river that flows all the way through the center of this place, sort of from like the north straight down to the coastline. Um, as it snakes through uh, the overall uh, sort of I don't know, this, district um, to the north is Great Rock. And that's where those sort of slummy parts are uh, to the west, right where you guys are walking is Saltwind. Uh, within the wall are two districts, one of them Bilge Basin, where the castle is, and Ivy Haven, which is sort of the northern part of the Walden section. Uh, as far as like a distribution of size, the walled in section and the outer wall section are almost equally sized, but it definitely seems like the intersection is much more clustered. It's the buildings are sort of stacked on top of one another, whereas the outside is more of like a uh, more of free flowing with open roads and bigger buildings spaced out with alleyways and whatnot. As far as the building design goes too, uh, judging from the proximity to the Akeratos Mountains and to the forest uh, of the Wandering Swordsman, um, these buildings are pretty much all stonework with wooden roofs. So these are all pretty durable buildings. However, due to the war conditions of this area, many of these buildings have been smashed in, um, but not all of them. So much of these buildings are still formidable as like a defensive readout, as well as like a place to hide. You know what I mean? Many having functional doors, still intact windows. You know what I mean? As far as a main road leading into the city, um, you guys are pretty close to one of the three main roads going into the city, the sort of southernmost. It's still on the western side, um, but it leads pretty much straight to the capital. Uh, sorry, not the capital, to the castle, rather. Um, there is another road that leads in here. It's farther north from here, but it's sort of the centermost. Uh, and then there's one completely to the northern side that cuts through the uh, slummier part. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else here. Again, you guys see every once in a while one of those flying uh, iron hawks sort of in the sky, sort of drifting between the flying metal. So that, you know, might not be the smartest idea for flying in if that was an idea we had. Um, and as far as the weather goes, 
it is sort of perpetually cloudy out here with very dark gray skies. Do we see anyone actually within the streets or buildings? Like, is there any form of life at all? Um, the way we left off last time, I assumed that what we were doing is we kind of like made it through the forest skulking and sort of stopped outside the city limits where we can see some like little hamlets uh, and whatnot. So you guys haven't had an opportunity to really like look into the city. So I guess my question is, if you'd like to look in the city, would you guys like to scout up onto like a hillock to be able to look in and travel south a few hours to do that? Or would you like to go into the city and try to like actually look around yourselves? Or would you like to get to a higher vantage point to be able to sort of scope around? Well, perhaps we find a vantage point. Actually, going into the city and doing scouting would mean the mission's already been successful. So as far as vantage points go, um, I don't want to be a bad DM and ask if you guys had any places in mind that make sense, things that your characters might look for. Just because, like, it's a city. You know what I mean? So a lot of the possibilities of like a silo or a tower or like any of that stuff would possibly be around. It's just a matter of like, I imagine you guys just have all the freedom and time right now to like plan out a smart move. Since nobody said they wanted to go quickly, I'm assuming you guys are planning your moves like hours at a time. You know what I mean? Right. Additionally, somebody could just fly. Now, who would ever do that? Yeah, Somebody yeah, with invisibility. That, that oh, boy. Really good way to get noticed um i'd say he's on think of like maybe some sort of wood like wooded hill an abandoned farmhouse or barn or something there's some place where we could have some cover where we're standing on our vantage point okay um in that case can somebody roll me a survival check who's rolling it what was anton's Bonus. Uh, I got uh, 17. All right, he got it. Nice. I was going to say, don't ask the bonus. Come on, man. No, because we, we're trying to figure... I think they're like one off of each other. Yeah. And it, it's always like which one of them is doing it. <laughs> but I thought Anton's was slightly better. So, mm -hmm. Anton, under the uh, direction of Norhill to find something of a secluded area, maybe a farmhouse or something like that, is able to uh, sort of look around the horizon and recalls maybe uh, something that he had seen on the way down. Something of an abandoned farmhouse. I bet farmhouse. you I got good bread the, there. The uh, party decide to... What is that? <laughs> I bet you I got good bread there last time we were here. You can hear a word you're saying, Ronnie? I'm going to be honest. You can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Weird. Dan, can, can you hear me? Ow. No, I, I bet you Anson would have remembered getting good bread there. He could remember. I want that I good bread. I think he stopped for bread there. Oh, yeah, but... I bet you he fucking did. To get some bread to feed to the poor people? Oh, hell yeah. It's, it's, it's the ingredients at that farm. Uh, improv yeah. travel that we're doing here. <laughs> retroactive one we're just going back in time and saying that anton wanted to get bread there i don't even think we did the improv travel at that point we have a very well documented timeline of what we did in the city anyway anton took a joyride when nobody was looking again and this time didn't involve a freeze ball killing a bunch of strangers and instead involved getting some pumpernickel on a hill so with yeah. that anton knows of a very good place to get bread um 
Anton uh, leads the party in that direction up the hill uh, into the uh, well-abandoned forest to the south. Up upon the top of a hillock is a small little thorpe with about five to ten houses up here. Some of them more like sheds and like little municipal like kind of gathered buildings where they would keep supplies. But judging by how many of the doors are swinging open on hinges, it definitely appears that this is not the kind of place that one people are living in, evidently. But instead, looking at the large windmill up here, which would be used to grind up the grain, which I don't know why it's on a hill. Um, but uh, yeah, the small granary up here, there's definitely a way to climb up the uh, windmill if you guys wanted to. Perfect. Well, do we got to do a time check? Or strength check? You said time check? I was going to say climb, but I realized this isn't oh. the right thing. Yeah, I mean, you could also just walk in and go up the stairs. Oh. Oh, shows you how much I know about windmills. <laughs> oh boy! Like, how do I turn it on though? <laughs> like, you gotta get start to the top. <laughs> I, I thought everything was on Who the ground. Brought the ladder. I gotta, I gotta catch one of the fan blades on this thing. <laughs> Just go all the way up to the top and hope I get a good view. Where's the mini golf portion of this? Um, so with that, the um party decide to open up the door of the windmill and walk inside the creaking groaning wooden stairs of this place lead you to believe that maybe it has not been in use in quite some time while you guys have a moment of fear wondering if any of the boards would give out you remind yourselves that you guys are all like 12th level characters and falling damage doesn't matter anymore so mm -hmm. climbing to the tippity top and looking out the hole where once the blade did spin the party are able to get a much better look at the streets although it's not a very good view. So, if you guys would like to roll me investigate checks while you sit up here for a couple hours, I would allow it. Question is, did you want to stay up here for a while, or did you want to just take a peek and, like, think about it? Jarzak will just take a peek. I mean, half and half, you know, maybe Neo not staying here for, like, four or five hours, but, you know, getting an idea of who's moving around in the streets and how, and whatnot. Okay. Anton's more like Jarzak. He'd want, he'd just want to do a quick peek and get moving, just because he's like, he doesn't know if his people are dead. <laughs> okay. Well, what does Klika think? I think Klika wants to stay a little bit longer and actually take a look. Okay. So if Anton and Jarzak would like to do something on the side, I mean, nothing bad ever happens when you two are alone together. No summoning of demon princes or anything like that. Um, uh, if you guys would like to do something on the side while Norhill and uh, Kalika get a better vantage point for a few hours to get a good look, you guys can do that. Oh, I know. Somebody's got to convince somebody. Can I, have a, can, I, can I use sending with Shereel? 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 Clarence? <laughs> Let's not let's not bring Clarence into this, please. Poor, poor Clarence. Um, no, he, he reaps what he sows. Who's Clarence? I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. I'm so confused. All I can think of is that stupid TV show. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, as long as yeah, or I know it's so Brian. Sorry, I, I I want to do scrying to see if I could see them. Are you sending or scrying? Do you scrying. have scrying? I have scrying. Why the hell do you have scrying? Is that really a cleric spell? That's a divination, yeah. 
That's hilariously <laughs> oh, strange. Do we have the ability to scry? We should have been doing this from the beginning. Sorry. You prepared I scry? I never prepared it before. I don't know why. I don't know what I was thinking last came, but I'm like, I, I want to try something new. You were thinking and something really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, scry is great, man. You, do like, you I have done that before ever? Let's try it. I mean, do you um, do you have a a focus, oh, a holy focus worth a thousand gold problem. pieces? Yeah, I think that was that the problem with many of my spells. <laughs> well, look. You're like, well, I prepared it. Do, do you I lose the focus in the well, process? Mm-hmm. No, the lantern's probably worth a thousand gold. Maybe. I mean, I would allow the lantern. Doesn't it have to be something specific? I would allow the lantern. It just says a focus worth at least a thousand GP, such as a crystal ball, silver mirror, or a font filled with holy water. And I, I feel like the lantern's definitely worth it, so I'd allow it for that. It's filled with holy light. It works. <laughs> I was trying to make sure I could see or hear a particular person on the plane. The target must make a wisdom saying throwing throw. So, so I get the familiar... Who are you, who are you casting it on? Shereel? Yeah. So I think they just have to beat a saving, a wisdom save. Just takes me ten minutes to prep. Okay. So while the other two are looking around up top, you're able to prep that. Okay. So let's see. Familiar. You know the target well. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I love it. You have a body part lock of hair. Is that where Shereel's arm went? Has Anton just been holding oh, no, on to that shit for I a scry spell? No. His arm? I don't, I don't think I hope you don't give him no, his fucking arm back, you sociopath. No, you hold well, on. He to lost that. his arm off screen. I don't think that don't think that's even that. possible. No, you I have his ring. It. I have his ring. He gave me, so I have the possession. I'm just saying he's not going to resist it, so there's no need for him to roll a save. I fucking hope not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I suppose um, at this point, if you're going to focus with your holy lantern there on Shereel, you can feel your vision as you look deep into the lantern light. You can feel your eyes kind of accustomed to the blinding light of it. And you feel your eyes almost like kind of like massaged by the vibrating light within it. And soon enough, you are not looking with your own eyes and you feel like a vision within your head, not in a physical sense, but like you feel your brain kind of transcend to a vision beyond what you can see. And all of a sudden, you realize as your eyes kind of come down from that blinding sensation to like a dark and sort of wispy lighted situation here that you are looking at what may be something of like a charnel pit. Like this is a room just filled to the brim with torture devices, bloody spikes, torn up limbs. And you can see very clearly as you're looking in a certain direction here at a man who's chained to the wall by his neck and one arm and both ankles that Shereel is something of a prisoner in this place. As you sort of float driftily staring at him, unable to move beyond where he's going and then looks like he's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, your vision of this room leads you to believe this is some sort of a torture chamber, but judging by how fine the tapestries that are still intact on the wall, as well as like the fine marble of the floor and the columns, this itself may be something of like a, a throne room. 
But judging by how many people moaning, groaning, and like crying, wailing, this chamber may have different purposes now. As you float above the head of Shereel, you can see his head from a lull kind of lift up for a moment. And he sort of looks back and forth as if thinking he heard something. And finally, he speaks sort of aloud in a hushed tone. He says, and I, uh, he says, Anton, is that you? It is. I don't actually know if you can actually respond through scry. Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure you can't. Yeah. Is it more like a ghostly thing? Like it's kind of. Yeah, like you're just weird... kind of floating behind him. Yeah. With that. He just kind of. I didn't even know they could at... see you at all. I thought, I assumed it was just some weird connection. It's it's for what it's worth. It says that if they fail, if you uh, if they pass on the save, they can see a luminous orb the size of your fist. And so, I'm assuming that you would not hide the scrying orb from him. No. Unless you want to. I think it's called a scrorb, actually. A scrorb, oh. <laughs> no. I would not, not from, but can anyone else see it? Or is it just? No. Okay, just because yeah. he's the one who's being seen right there. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to flex the rules a little bit on this one. I, I don't care enough to dive into the weeds of a spell that you just decided to pull out of your butt and be like, hey, guess what? We're going to introduce scrying in this campaign. <laughs> <I> <laughs> got Jarzak being like, I think the lantern counts. Scrying is a spell from the player's handbook. It sounds I kept, like it's some I kept all my fifth levels ready for fireball. Listen, listen, I've gone through this entire campaign having to fight Shadowblade in all of its iterative forms. I'm used to how that spell fucking works. And now all of a sudden we're just introducing scry mechanics this late in the game. <laughs> at a time where we probably could have used it many times before. Isn't scry oh, pretty high level? I it's thought a, it was it's I, a fifth level spell. Yeah. Oh, sure. I take it back then. Sorry, Ronnie said fireball, and I was like, it's a third level spell. Well, I'm like, I, I don't like, believe this. I like to use fireball hard. <laughs> Okay, for fuck's sake. So with that, he asks, is that you, Anton? Or is it you, the Illuminator? He says, if it is you, Illuminator, Pretend please. to be the Illuminator. And you can't say anything. Yeah, You're but you can float there. bob the orb. <laughs> the scrub. I I bounce my scrub. <laughs> and with that, he says, oh, mighty Illuminator, I promise not to lose faith. I promise. I'm holding on as best I can. I don't know how much longer I have. Please, send your holy agents to save me. All of us. We haven't much time. And with his head just lulls again, just bleh. Okay, I, I... Is there anyone actually performing torturing in there, or is it literally just prisoners from what I can tell? I mean, again, the room itself is hard to tell because of the low light and the perspective that mm -hmm. you have, but it's, it seems like a full hall in a throne. So it's a pretty large room, and judging by how many instruments are just kind of strewn about the floor, broken things, like there's just a whole shattered, um, uh, what, what do you call it, the... Um, I knew this was going to happen. Chandelier. There's just a giant chandelier shattered on the floor. Like, this place is just, like, a very awful situation. Um, but, yeah, you can see that there are other people in here, but your vision is kind of blurred at this point. Just because of how large it is and the low light and all that jazz. Okay. All right. I'm going to return back to the group. Okay. So, um, 
I'm going to let everybody except for Anton roll an investigate check to take a peek, but I'm going to let Norhill and Klika have advantage because you guys sat there and sort of, you know, staked out the place first. Oh, boy, really I sure really what... needed that advantage. I critted. Nice. Let's see it. Oh, yeah, here we go. I got an eight. Did Jarzak get anything fun? Uh... No, Jarzak got a seven. I imagine he went to the stairs, looked up, and was just like, not today. <laughs> and Clico, over the course of two hours, figured out exactly 5% more than Jarzak did. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works, but I'll take I, it. I, um, it is to me. <laughs> meanwhile, Norhill, the only one who's actually looking out, is watching um, the patterns of the soldiers as they meander the streets of the outer gate. Uh, seem to follow a rhythmic pattern, sort of like a encircling sort of shape um, with people starting on like the southwestern wall, wandering up north and then around again, sort of circling into the center before dispersing and doing this again. Because there are like four wandering troops of soldiers, each one of them seeming to be about 50 to 100 soldiers deep of those rattling rusty iron maelstrom soldiers, they're definitely formidable forces for what they're worth. Um, but it seems like at any one time they have a pretty good surveillance of the whole outer wall. Um, the other detail I guess you could probably pick up with your wonderful crit is that in the center, there seems to be, uh, I don't want to say an impromptu mass tomb because that doesn't seem what this is about. Instead, what you can tell is that the metal swirling about seems to be like almost, I'm trying to think of a good word for this as well. It seems to almost like like a spinning top you can almost imagine like the point of the metal where it's all swirling above. If it was to come down to like a wine glass sort of like elbow there, it meets at the bottom in what appears to be like a pit of just scrap metal and surrounding it are what appear to be like massive just hunks of metal that are just shoving pieces together and digging through the rubble. And every once in a while, from what you could see from staring out there for these two hours, you see something crawl out of the out of the pit of metal formed by these metal hands. And it seems like a soldier is born. Now, the most unfortunate component, which somehow with a crit from like 10 miles away, you're able to see very well. Um, it definitely seems like there's a cage and it seems to be similar to the one you guys saw in the Southland, uh, like to the south of here by the Keratos Mountains, when you guys dealt with like the halfling village that was under attack, if you remember that. Right. Um, and it seems like there's a cage, a much larger one. And in the distance, clinging to the air is the occasional sound of screaming as one of the metal beasts walks over to the cage and does something unpleasant. Looking at the towers, you can tell that there are massive like giants made out of metal just kind of like standing up on vantage points and every once in a while you see the gates open up on the inner wall um but as far as being able to see the castle that seems to be too far away for what you can see however you do notice that there is sort of like a castle gate as well and there is an inner gate for like the inner actual you know castle itself so yeah and i think the last thing i'll give you with a crit just because you saw very good um there are rusty like piles of metal in the streets and every once in a while you see them sort of like tumbleweed by, but the way that they're tumbleweeding by is, uh, I don't want to say this. It's not rolling. It's just kind of like jellyfish, like sliding and stretching like a leech down the road. Mm. And the fact that you see them doing this in like organized little clusters leads you to believe they might be intelligent. 
I don't like our chances trying to walk the streets. We're going to need to find some clever way inside. Well, I think I know where they might be. Looks like it may be the throne room was transformed into a torture chamber. I was able to get a glimpse of Shereel's current location, and from what I could recognize, that seems to be the case. It doesn't seem like they have much longer. But knowing our escapades, I'd imagine our first best plan would be the plumbing. Is plumbing a thing? Would it just be the sewers? Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're the unfortunate reality of this place being built on a cliff over the ocean is there's probably just toilets that just kind of drop straight into the ocean. Um, so, yeah, if you guys wanted to try to sneak in through the toilets, which how many times have we gone through the toilet to get into a place? Is is it just once? Twice, Twice. at least. What was the, oh, wait, to get to the dwarves, we had to go through that septic right. system, too. And technically, we escaped that way. I'm not going to count that because that's not infiltration. That's, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that is two times. Are we really going to go for a third time? No. Well, not, if, I mean, not if Gleek has anything to say about yeah, it. If that's how it works, then there's probably no room for us to go through it. Well, unless you float directly up. Yeah, exactly. How about, what, uh, how about the river? How does it enter and flow through the city? Um, okay, so again, if it is sort of like a number eight shape, sort of at like the, uh, I want to say this, the top circular kind of area there, on the western side of it, it sort of pierces through the slummy area that way, cuts through to about the midpoint of the city, then goes straight south before elbowing in front of the castle itself. So like it, it goes straight through the top and then straight through to the middle point and cuts back to the ocean. So it, it covers quite a lot of ground in the city. Um, from what you could tell of the river itself, I mean, there's definitely like, uh, I don't want to say this. It looks, I don't want to make a reference to the Elder Scrolls, but it reminds me a lot of sort of like Balmora, you know, of, uh, in, in a, that's a very strange reference in Morrowind where it's just raised sort of like a bridge side and the river itself is like 10 feet below the actual sides that are lifted. You know what I mean? So it's like the curbside with bridges that cross it at certain intervals, but it seems like the water level so low, you know, and judging by the kind of water flowing in here, it seems like it's probably clean. Is there any traffic on the river at all, like boats or anything? Yeah. Metal sinks, man. They don't want to do that. But then again, you have a little memory in the back of your head of that time that they described the strange metallic beast that lived in the water to protect the coastline. Yeah, so it's probably swarming just beneath the surface. You don't know that? Well... It is the river. Norhill's a dwarf. He also sinks. Uh, So... Jars, I can't swim. Yeah, Son's boat... (laughs) The river's probably out, too. I hate to say it, everyone. I'm stopped. I think, what, do you think they'd kill us on site, or do you think they'd capture us on site? I mean, either way is pretty bad. I don't imagine it being good either way, like you said. I I don't know, it's an option. At least one of us can go in there. Be a direct line. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
Guys, uh, what if we just get to the, you know, the secret meeting spot we used to always get put at right before we always met the queen? It was like kind of a kitchen and we drew all over it. If we just get there, maybe, you know, the evil queen will come meet us there. Yes, please. And just, let us stab her to death. Uh, but just so, getting there is far easier said than done. Without an weird. army at our backs to fight the Iron Maelstrom, I'm not sure how we're going to get as far as the kitchen. Why don't we just fly in? Through the raging storm giving birth to more soldiers and the flocks of iron eagles flying around? Well, the yeah, we just don't fly near those things. <laughs> just fly fast, fly low, and don't think about it. Or something. I, I mean, I guess if we want to walk in, I could just make us invisible. Uh, can uh, see the cliffs? Uh, can Norhill see the cliffside from here? Yeah, I mean, you guys are looking at sort of the back end of it, so you can't see the cliff face, but you can see, like, the ridge which the castle is nestled upon. Oh, if we're going to fly, why don't we make our way up the cliffside? But we're not going to go through the sewers, right? Norhill? If, if, we, if we use Jarzak's flight to essentially scale the cliffside, we run less risk of being seen as if uh, compared to, say, flying over the walls, and it puts us much closer to our destination. I'm just curious. There's we don't have any means of actually disguising ourselves as like the metal beings, right? Just, just knowing that we did actually fight metal versions of ourselves. I didn't know if there was like any way we could. Don some discarded metal and try to blend in. I mean, you could always try. I don't think it would work out very well, but you could always try. And as far as the the cliff face, um, it is over the ocean. Uh, and for what it's worth, it's sort of curved inward towards like the city a little bit. So if you wanted to, you'd have to fly past the city and past like that means like all the buildings that you guys are kind of like standing looking over. And you'd have to go around the ocean to get into seeing it. And because of like how wide open you'd be out in the ocean, unless you wanted to like cling to the walls, that's when I would require some stealth checks. And judging by how long that distance is, it might be quite a few of them. All Especially right, considering guess, the scouts who yeah, might be out I, in the I wilderness. Guess that's not feasible then. No, it, it's just as feasible as anything else. I think at this point you're illuminating that you have to pick one of the poisons and, you know. Dan, can you just tell us what to do? Like, oh, God. Yeah, can, can we have a guys... multiple choice? Yeah, I, just you know, give us I don't... four options, and one of them's the good one. And, and then and the, yeah. one of them's really bad and awful, and it's clear that it's bad. And then the other two, it's like close, you know, where we're not sure. Right, well. <laughs> you know, it's not often I'm given <laughs> demands to lay out multiple choice responses. Um, uh okay. Um well as long as I don't have to list which one's the bad one and which one's the good one. But you have to make sure. it obvious. No, I don't think I do. For the really <laughs> bad one you do. Don't worry, I'll I'll make it very obvious when I like 
describe it as being what it is and I don't mention how obvious it is, it'll be very obvious that way. Sort of reverse psychology. Gotta keep them guessing. No, you guys really have no other ideas? I'm, I mean, I, 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 I offered to fly. I offered invisibility. I don't know what else you want from me. You're like that's all I got on my spell list. I'm like, a warlock. I basically got two spells. Not a bad one. It's really not a bad choice. Wait, what? Are you saying is flying a bad choice? Is that what you said? No, invisibility. That's not a bad oh. choice. Uh, apart from how long it lasts. How long does it last? As long as fly lasts. How long does that last? Just, just kidding. I think it's longer than fly. Yeah, it's an invisibility hour. Invisibility is an hour. Flies flies ten minutes. Ten minutes so yeah. Oh, invisibility is an hour. I think we'll be fine. Well, well, invisibility probably carries with it fewer significant dangers than fly. So true. Perhaps but that is the root. Even if you guys ran through the city, this is the capital of Amaroth. It would take you at least like four hours of just like streamlined down that road. Like it's oh. a long haul to get to the center. And so it's like, I'm not saying you yeah, couldn't yeah, use invisibility. I'm not saying we do it all at once. Like we're, we're, we turn invisible, we get in, we find some cover, then we reassess and continue. That's fine. I'm just making it known that invisibility wasn't just the answer, and it's like, bing, boom, bang, we're invisible, we're in, guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I'm, I'm taking this one at a time, right? You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, just, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, you, you pit us against a well-defended, well-occupied enemy city uh, with uh, no army of our own. I didn't think that there was going to be one easy answer. Okay, good. I, I'm hoping that's where you were going with it, because I was afraid you are going to too hard and i'm like oh i'm sorry what level are you again did i throw you first level characters into this or have you not like wiped the asses of every single villain i've ever so, had within like the first round of combat like no no you made this bed with your actions and now you so, have to roll around invisibly in it so but anyway. the, ri the river does it lead into like a waterfall going off the cliff um no it actually just flows right out to the ocean the cliffside okay. kind of arcs over it Okay. Because technically, if you wanted to join in on the river while you're in the inner wall, that's also an option. But again, if there are floaty killy things in the water, they're probably going to be on that side of the river than the other side. There's the inner wall and the outer wall. And so, yeah. So I say we leapfrog our way through the city using invisibility. And your invisibility use does target that many people? Yeah, the, yeah. Well, Anton was doing the ten minutes of like ritual casting. Jarzek was doing some like really tough calculations, holding up fingers, <laughs> pointing to all the party members. And they'll be like, "Oh, I forgot myself," and then does it again. <laughs> but and then Klinka moved, <laughs> so he loses count. Like he yeah, counts Klinka, Norhill, Anton, and then Klinka moves because she sees them pointing at people and <laughs> moves next to Anton. So he counts Klinka again. He's like, oh, well, that's that's it. And I don't have myself. <laughs> so are you saying so how many do you actually catch with one cast of it? Is it just the one person and you're like just blitzing and casting all of them? Or does one use of it give you multiple well, characters? One, one use gives multiple because it's upcast, um, but it's the perfect amount right now. OK. Perfect. OK. 
So which point of entry would we like to go from? Did you guys want to go back to that main road? Did you want to try to go in from here? Because technically, the way that the city is shaped, there's actually, if you cross through the wilderness and like go down the mountainside, the outer wall, like the main outer wall, sort of faces the mountainside. So technically, if you guys wanted to trek through the wilderness, you could theoretically scale the wall and get inside, like the inner part before even having to cast invisibility. The only problem is, is that, you know, there may be things in this wilderness outside the wall. Well, we... sure, but that still feels safer than trying to march up to the main gates. Could we just okay. float in the river? The river goes all well, the way to to the castle, right? Yes. I'm controlling that would also take you some time. water, but also, George, like you and I cannot swim. Yeah, but I have this this thing that lets me breathe and oh shit! I gave that to the captain. No, <laughs> what a I waste! Trade that stupid <laughs> flying boat never did anything for me. Uh... <laughs> um. Okay, so if the party would like to travel through the wilderness uh, and attempt to get to the castle walls uh, before scaling them or whatever the hell they want to do, um, you guys can do that. But I am going to need a survival check as it's going to take about an hour of trekking downhill to get there. Where'd that roll? Uh-oh. <laughs> Gosh, I got a nine. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so with a nine, you are able to uh, guide the party downhill towards the wall. Uh, unfortunately, the slope that you take is sort of gradual until it's not, and the way that you have decided to take is super steep, and it leads you down sort of close to where the buildings of the outer city still are. Um, so it's not like directly to the wall. So basically, you still have a little bit of city walking to do. You don't necessarily have to walk through the city, but you're definitely going to be like on the outskirts of where the army of the uh, Iron Maelstrom may be before reaching the wall. Unless you like to backtrack. I'm cool with sticking to the outskirts first, unless anyone disagrees. No, I think that's quite all right. Uh, in that case, could I get a perception check from everybody? It's easy. Hinting got an 11. See, he got a zero. Jarth, I got a nine. 17. Ooh, nice. <laughs> so as the party are sort of deciding that, you know, there's an opportunity to turn around, walk back up the uh, cliffside here, or not the cliffside, sorry, the hillside here, uh, and try again. Um, you guys hear at the last minute the sound of some of the bushes and trees around you rustling from both sides. Um, and as this noise sort of rattles from about 15 to 20 feet away from you on both the left and the right, it becomes too apparent to you as Norhill with the highest perception tries to turn at the last minute. Um, unfortunately, what seems to uh, brace itself into you guys' little encampment here where you're planning your little next move, a couple of ox-sized metal beasts sort of launch through the air and crash down with a very effortless sort of graceful landing, both of them sort of reaching sort of a pinnacle and like climbing up to their full height standing upon four legs in the back and two razor-sharp serrated blade arms sort of reach out from either side of either of them. 
revealing something of like a giant mantid style looking uh, shape here made from this screeching slicing metal um, with the, all the gleaming sort of silvery light of the metal you saw on the mountain of the Iron Eagles. They immediately begin to sort of latch onto you guys grasping at you and you see razor blade like wings sprouting up for their backs as if they're trying to scoop you up and bring you somewhere. Um, so with that, uh, they're just going to start attacking right now just because nobody's on whatsoever. Uh, at this point, what is Norhill's armor class? 21. 21? 21. Congratulations. Very good for you. Too bad. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's good enough. Um, so with that, um, the first attack swinging in misses. And the second swing as it pulls out its serrated blade and tries to slash in with the other one, you take 14 points of slashing damage as the thing swings in and stabs at you, grabbing onto you, trying to like, again, like kind of like switchblade knife, you like clap you in under its little arm there. Uh, the other one tries to reach in for a double on both Jarzak and Anton. Uh, the first swing coming in on Jarzak. Uh, what's your armor class? 21. Okay. So you have a 21 armor class? Yeah. How the hell did you pull that off? Shield. Oh. Hey, nice. You're allowed to do a reaction to surprise round? Feels whack. No, I Didn't have a though. shield. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you cast shield. I was like, no. oh, that feels very surprising to come from you. Unfortunately, that's not enough. And the lightning quick reflexes of this beast uh, click onto you for 12 points of slashing damage. Um, the other one reaching in for Anton... Catching him off guard. What's our, Anton's armor class? Oh, it's only a 16. Oh, really? I was like, I rolled the number and I'm like, oh man, I only got 17. I'm probably not going to be able to get him with that. Oh, then I forgot about, about getting crunched by a scorpion in the woods. And I'm like, no, the bugs know. <laughs> no. So with that, it latches onto you with the other wing uh, and deals only six points of damage as it barely is able to catch onto you. Um, the two of them uh, at this point try like pulling you guys in tighter and look like they're about to like get ready to leap away from here, holding on to each of you three. Uh, let's roll initiative. I got a seven. Sixteen. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nat 20 for a 22. I got another nat 1. So that's two nat 1s in a row for a 6. And I got a 17. Okay. What did Norhill get? 16. Alright. So it's looking like we're going to start with Jarzak. So these two giant bugs sort of landed amongst you. Uh, metallic, trying to grab onto you. One of them's latched onto you, but it seems like it doesn't have a full grip just yet. Sacrificing speed for, like, a strong grab on you. So what would you like to do? I guess Jarzak's gonna pull out good old Domero's luck and attack. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, that's usually the weapon he has out to start. <laughs> Um, yeah, he'll attack the one that grabbed him. Go ahead. A 27 to hit? I think you hit it. Uh, it's going to be 13 damage. A 25 Dang. to hit. That's good. 
another 13 damage. Damn. Okay. All right. Yeah, so already uh, the one that you're bashing on doesn't seem like it's bloodied, but like the thing you've already bashed off a few sheets of metal off the thing, clipping, uh, clipping off a couple of its legs that are supporting its body weight. Um, and as you do so, the thing sort of focuses in on you more so and starts clipping with its little mandibles, getting ready to like focus on just chomping you and slashing at you specifically. Um, okay, is that it for your turn? Uh, cool. Yeah. Okay, so now it's going to go to Anton with a 17. Anton's just going to try to whack it with the mace. You're, you're going to swing the mace at it? With yeah. the handle? Yeah. Alright. Not your big you flaming this... sword. Yeah, with I, your mace. No, I feel like the, the flaming sword wasn't really effective against like the eagles. Like My, my spells were not... Fucking hit it with a of metal. Hey Ronnie, I think you're covering the microphone. Oh, not again. I'm sorry. No, uh, it's okay. I heard what you were saying. Not effective, and I'm like, might as well hit it with a chunk of metal. Well, let's go. Okay. It was pretty good. It sounded like you were just walking away as you were ranting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just angrily being covered up. Yeah. Alright, let's uh let's see if I hit it at all. Ooh. I got 25. That's a hit. <laughs> it took four damage. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, when you smack into it uh, with your mace, your everyday mace, right? It's not a magic mace, yeah. right? No, it's just everyday you, mace. <laughs> yeah, you slam into it with your mace, and it doesn't even leave a scratch on the carapace of this beast. I cast Shield of Faith on myself as a reaction. <laughs> Prepare to get my ass kicked. Or as a bonus okay, action, rather. What yeah. a time. <laughs> you slam it, the thing looks down at you, annoyed, turns back to Jarzak, <laughs> and you put on your Shield of Faith like, uh-oh. I would like to you apologize. Know. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, so now it's going to go to Norhill, if that's it for Anton. Yeah. Good luck, fam. Um, <laughs> Norhill's going to attack the one that attacked him three times. Gotcha. Oh, uh, you're attacking he, it three times. Yeah. I was like, I didn't come at you that hard. Uh, 19 to hit. That's good. Uh, so then a 25 is going to hit. Yep. The 22. Yep, you hit with all of them. Could you imagine if you kill this thing all by yourself? Yeah, maybe. I don't think so, but it's fun to dream. Sometimes. Alright, what do we got for whopping damage? Hold on, intense math. Uh, a total of 40 points of damage. Okay, so it is definitely very wounded. What does your attack look like? Uh, so Norhill is uh, coming at it with the hammer side of the hook hammer. And he is going in on its joints, uh, thinking like it must be like attacking a machine. Right, exactly. So as you bash off sheets of metal in a whirlwind kind of fashion, hitting for each of the joints, the thing bumps to the ground, kicking up dirt and rocks as it does so, regaining its balance with its four limbs. Um, okay, is that it for your turn? Uh, yes, that's going to be it for my turn. Excellent. 
Uh, and now we go to our friends, the Mantises. So again, hoping to try to make something of itself here. The wounded one standing by Jarzak is going to try to attack in on him again. Um, with one of its claws, it lands a crit, which is never a good thing to say to somebody, but oops. Um, and as it sort of reaches in and grabs for your throat, it rakes across with a serrated blade, uh, dealing a total of 15 points of damage. Um, the second one, what was your armor class again? 21? Yeah. Okay. So it misses with the other one, and when it realizes that it can't catch you with the other one as you duck down and batter it away with your shield, its neck extends in a lightning-quick fashion as it reaches in with both of its mandibles, trying to like snap at you with its mouth. Um, it's able to chomp in onto your shoulder, and as it does so, it burns with a singeing pain, and you take a total of... Cool. Uh, 11 points of damage as it does so. Um, the other one, looking very wounded by Norhill, uh, reaches in again to try to give you the old combo. At this point, trying to salvage whatever it can to save itself. Um, oh, shit. I got another crit. Okay, but don't you have crit resistance? Isn't that uh, the deal? Yeah, that's just a normal hit. Nice. Okay, all three hit, however. So uh, it's good that that one's not a crit, but oh boy. Okay, go ahead. On the second one, I'm going to warding maneuver. Okay. Uh, so my armor class becomes a 28. Does it still hit the second one? No, it does not. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, so, Norhill just became a tank. Uh, the, the Norhill was always built to be a tank. Um, so that like, second one is going to miss. So it's only two hits. Cool. So between the first and the third hits as it slashes at you with the serrated blade and tries to snap in at you with its mandibles, uh, it deals a total of 19 points of damage before your modifiers and all that jazz. Uh, the thing at this point, realizing uh, its fate may be at hand, instantly veils in invisibility. The other one not doing the same. You damn coward! Finish the fight. And now it goes to Klika. Uh, hold on. Um, with that invisibility, Jarzak's gonna counterspell it. Very well. Um, judging by the fact that these things don't have much of a high spell level, you're just gonna be able to turn that one off. So as it turns invisible, it's bathed in darkness, and the darkness, as it fades away, reveals the total shape of it. And the thing just kind of stands there awkwardly, clicking and clacking, falling apart. Good. Crack hey. not a coward after all. Okay, and uh, now we can go to Klika. Oh, boy. Now it's Klika time. All right, so there's still three of them up, correct? There's only two. All right, even better. If you want a third one, I can squeeze one in suddenly from the sky. <laughs> it's kind of what? appears. It's been there the whole time. So you said there were eight of them? I can't roll that many dice. Alright. Yeah, so click a wool. Yeah, I'll bonus action Shadow Blade. What's the worst that can happen? Jesus. Okay. Uh, it's a 
Shadowblade do for damage? Is it psychic? Yeah. Well, you know what I'm going to say. What's that? I don't know. Go ahead. They're immune to psychic damage. Alright. And then, yeah, I'll attack the one who's going for Norhill with a booming blade. Okay. Not Norhill, Anton. Sorry. Okay, so you're going to go to the one that Jarzak's on too? Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so go ahead and roll your attack. Uh, 15. Okay, 15 hits. Yeah, oddly enough, 15 hits. These are big, clunky metal beasts, and yet they're described as being very fast. I don't know how that all works out, but, you know. Well, it's because they're low. They get a penalty to AC, right? All right, so that's... I don't think so. 15 thunder damage and... Nine psychic damage. Okay. How much thunder damage was it again? Fifteen. Nice. Okay. So the one that you uh bonk on right there is brought down to about the same level of damage as the one that Norhill's just one v one. So I guess five ability score damage. Whatever that amount of I don't know. What Ant or Norhill you count your ability score modifier for? Uh, it's typically the same type of damage as the weapon, unless I'm wrong. Okay. And so, okay. for example, if you're fighting with a regular longsword and you're using strength to hit, um, then that's going to be your ability score in slashing damage. All right. So that would be psychic damage then? Yeah. So doesn't matter. Unfortunately, yeah. All right. Okay. And then I will attack. Uh, is the other one within five feet? Uh, no, they came on the opposite sides. So there's like 15 feet between the two of them. All right. Then that'll be my turn. Fuck it. Okay. So now we go back to the top of the round with Jarzak at the top. All right. Jarzak's going to keep swinging. I was going to say, the one you're bashing in on now looks very, very uh, worse for wear. Uh, 19 to hit. That's good. That's 11 damage. Okay. So, go ahead and describe the kill. Jarzak's just going to wind up with Domro's luck and, like, golf swing it. Okay. So, we'll say that as the thing ducks down again to snap at you with the mandibles, you're able to crack it upside the head, twist the neck of the metal beast, and it rolls over just near Anton, almost squishing him. Um, and as the thing collapses to the ground with a, a trembling shatter, don't you have additional attacks? Yep. Okay, so you're just going to charge over next to Norhill and start swinging? Uh, I'll use my bonus action move and then my regular move to get behind it if I can so that I'm flanking with Norhill. Yeah, I'll definitely give you that. Uh, 29 to hit. <laughs> yeah, I think you hit it. I think damage. you doubled its armor class. How much damage? 12. Damn. Okay. Very well. So, uh, is that it for your turn? Um, I think yeah, that's everything, I think, right? I think that's all I can do. Yeah, that was a lot of turn right there. 
Okay. And now it goes to Anton. Um, I'm thinking I'm just going to try to... How many are left? I guess you can. I don't know why this encounter felt like there was three. There's just two. There's only one left. Mm. How is everyone feeling? Like, is anyone feeling like particularly damaged? I mean, yes. he's taking a hunk, but he'll survive for a while. I think he just feels bad going last, not being able to do psychic damage. So emotionally, Kalika, Kalika feels pretty terrible. I'm gonna She's like, hit. I'm usually. Nor You're gonna Hill. hit? No, no, I'm sorry. Norhill. Fuck. No. <laughs> What's <laughs> happening over there? I hit Norhill. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a cure wounds. Okay. So you get 21 points back. Nice. Jesus. Okay. So. But that Anton rushes across the camp as the uh, giant mantis made out of metal falls down with a shattering collapse and runs right over to Norhill to lay hands upon him. Very well. Yeah. Is that it? Is that it for your turn? Yeah, that's it. Nice. Okay. So now Norhill, it's you. And Norhill now has flanking with Jarzak, right? Indeed, you do. Oh, boy. All right, let's see. So that's going to be 27. <laughs> Uh, 23 and oh, 12. <laughs> How disappointing. The 12 no, the 12 does not hit the damage. All right, so let's see. So that's going to be 19 points of magical bludgeoning damage and six lightning. Okay, describe your kill. Uh, Norhill finally manages to completely undo. Uh, one of the joints, and it just so happened to be a load-bearing joint, so the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> it's just the one held together with the duct tape. You peeled it off, the thing just exploded like a jigsaw puzzle dropped to the ground. Uh, but no, as the thing comes to a screeching, grinding halt and collapses on the ground before Norhill, collapsing into pieces, revealing Jarzak on the other side, having helped out um, the party stand here out in the uh, wilderness outside of the city and realize in the distance that you guys can hear the sound of grinding metal gears and joints as a troop of soldiers seem to be marching in this direction from the outer limits of the city, coming in your direction towards the wilderness. We had best get moving before the patrol arrives. So the directions ahead of you, you could either go north into the outer sort of section of the city where you hear the people coming from, or you could go south back to the mountains where you came from, or you could go to the northeast towards the outer wall and make your way to the inner wall. Is there any is there any cover that we could dive into in the northeasterly direction? Well, the space before the wall is pretty well cleared out so that they can see in the wilderness, and you guys are just about at that threshold. So if you guys would like to take cover, the safest place to take cover would likely be in the wilderness itself. If you guys would like to go to the wall, there's barely any cover whatsoever. And we don't have another invisibility from Jarzak, right? I don't think you actually ever used one. Yeah, we haven't used uh, Jarzak. It might be a good time to start the invisibility. Yeah, do we want like a rope or something real quick so we can stick together? Dan, do you play it? 
do you play it that invisible <laughs> people who can't see other invisible people under the same invisibility spell? I mean, that does yes. make sense, but no, they'll be able to see the rope still. It's just like if it's from the same but caster, it's... it feels like you'd be able to see each other. I don't um, feel yeah, like that's uh, how but, that works. Uh, so, in the direction that the things are coming from, are there like houses and stuff? Yes, there's like the outer limit sort of houses, cottages, and whatnot. Well, if we tie the rope around ourselves before we cast invisibility, then... Yeah. I'm gonna say that using you guys' team dynamic that you fostered over years of fighting together now, um, you'd be able to, through whispers, touching each other, and hands on shoulders, be able to keep track with one another pretty decently. If you guys genuinely want to split up in, like, 30-foot increments, yeah, you're not gonna know where each other are unless they're calling out to each other. Hold on, you, you said years. You mean years IRL, not or yeah. two. Uh, yeah, game. I mean, it has been exactly one year since we started uh, in game. I was gonna say in game, yeah, it is closer to a year. So, um, so uh, Norhill's just gonna super quick, like you know, n- not even spend a round. He's gonna pick a house that looks relatively intact, uh, somewhere up the street, and run to it. Charzak castle. Well, no, yeah, he no, he's he's gonna pick one and he's going to say, make for that house in case we get separated. Okay. So we'll say that you picked a pretty distinct house, one that on the roof has like a jutting window, implying something of an attic. Okay. And what did you say, Jared? Uh Charzak casts invisibility. Okay. So does your invisibility look like anything? Is it still kind of deceivery or is it just like I just... I picked it up recently, so I don't I don't think it would. So it's got more okay. of a wandering swordsman flavor. You just become ghostly and then fade out of vision. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Okay. So all four of you begin to hum vibrantly and then immediately just snap into being ethereally invisible. And at this point, none of you can see one another, but you can definitely feel each other's presence and hear each other breathing. So where would you guys like to go? Uh, Norhill's going to start uh, making for the house, uh, staying clear of the center of the street. Okay, so you're going straight to the house. Yeah, more or less. Like, I mean, if it looks like he's about to get walked into by a member of the Iron Maelstrom, he'll like duck down into alleys or like take somewhat circuitous routes. But okay. yeah, more or less, he's headed straight there. Okay. So as uh, Norhill uh, begins to run that way, is everybody else running to that house right now? I thought you guys were headed to the wall. But I guess maybe that was my brain. Well, I mean, Nor- Nor- Norhill suggested we make th- our way to the house to stay away from the immediate danger of a patrol coming to check what happened to the mantises. Right? Definitely you know, makes for- sense. Yeah, if we're invisible and in cover, we're less likely to be found, and then we can talk in the house. Leave, yeah, for a second. talk in the house, and then leave when the patrol moves on, and they don't find anything. Perfect, works for me. So all four members of the party keeping in tow with one another, sort of holding hands or holding hands on shoulders, sort of uh, trot in the direction of the oncoming Iron Maelstrom. And as you guys make your way about. across the clearing over to where that house is, sort of on the outskirt, standing uh, taller than the rest, more formidable than the rest of the houses out here. 
Uh, you can see the Iron Maelstrom, the soldiers sort of, sort of breach the limits of this uh, sort of like little side caveat of the houses. And you see them sort of coming out between the houses down the dirt roads. And as they do so, again, the the startling image of these strange facsimile of life, these sort of skin bound by metal people, it becomes painfully apparent how long you've been out of the game fighting these guys and how much things have changed when now their bodies look almost like braced by metal in the same way that like a wooden door might be braced by like black metal. You know what I mean? Like it just, they look reinforced by the metal. They look like encaged by it. Some of them sort of like having like, I don't want to say like hockey mask kind of looking like just like coverings on their faces, but they look reinforced and these guys look very mean and very rigid and very strong. And as they come rushing out from the crevices like the urukai just like streaming through like a river heading in this direction you guys brace yourselves like you know just trying to deal with a stampede and as you guys sort of try to dart in between the crowd i'm going to need a dexterity saving throw as the party oh attempt to not be taken down by this oh sorry i talked a big game about avoiding them but norhill got a three I will let you, just because I know dwarves have that. Do the dwarves still have the bonus, the strength save bonus? I mean, as a fighter, I have a strength save bonus. Yeah, but I remember in 3.5, I remember they had that ability where they had like the sure footing. You don't have that anymore, do you? Nope. Well, never mind. Yeah, Dan, I was this is it when you, but... races were distinct <laughs> from each other and unique with interesting abilities. No, I'm resistant to poison and I can wear armor. Nice. Well, you know, it's benefited you pretty well to this point, so I wouldn't sniff at it. Okay, what about everybody else for the dexterity saving throw? 26. 13. Okay. And what did Norhill get again, specifically? 3. Okay, I was like, yeah. Alright, so, uh, Anton, what did you get? I got a 9. Okay, so as the the horde of soldiers, numbering about like five separate dozens, come in in these like sort of uh, arc shaped waves, just come spreading out from the sides and rushing to this direction. Uh, Norhill and Anton rush to the left without even knowing that they're both going that way, and Klika and Jarzak race for the right, splitting up from the group, but oddly staying together. Uh, as Norhill and Anton start rushing that way, the soldiers coming towards them take an immediate quick turn, uh, trying to jump over like a rock or a stump or something like that, catching both of you off guard, and just slamming into you full force and railing you to the ground. Okay? Klika and Jarzak, however somehow managed to skirt through all the danger present before them and rush to the house, running right up to the front door, which is ajar. Um, both Norhill and Anton falling to the ground. You guys are trampled at this point, and as the stomping of heavy metal boots sort of just like tip-tap, toeing all over you guys, um, you both take a total of 12 points of damage as they just stomp all over you and keep running, and luckily for you, it doesn't seem like any of them even noticed that they slammed into people. It seems like in the hubbub of them just running full on mosh pit style through here, just Black Fridaying their way to the dead mantises, they are able to, they don't even notice you guys as they sort of crush you to the ground. So yeah. at this point, once the whole troop have rushed past you, you both stand up, brush your invisible selves off, and make your way to the house. Wait, would that have broken our invisibility? No, 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 because the no. concentration belonged to Jarzak. Mm. That would have been kind of funny, though. Just get like, that's what I was expecting. Tackled. I'm like, we just get <laughs> just up here. Yep. 
Charizard went down. It might have happened. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, the party convene at this house. Uh, The entryway here, sort of the little foyer, having like something of a kitchen table, a larger one, sitting atop the kitchen table, almost a... uh, a sad and poetic little reminder is what appears to be something of a dinner that has been sitting here for weeks, if not months, fully rotten on the table, covered in bugs and whatnot. Um, and as you guys rush into this place, seeing all the dust everywhere and all that, the house isn't in disrepair. Um, and it seems like the door is fully functional if you'd like to close it. Yeah, let's close the door. Okay, so... All of a sudden, out of all four of you being in here, invisibly huffing and puffing, the door closes. I was going to say, I mean, like, if the table's set up, Klika will put four, I guess, cups or even just, like, silverware, pretty much anything, in front of, like, four chairs, and then sort of just sit down and, like, raise a fork or, I guess, we'll do, we'll say a cup she'll raise her cup so like if someone walked in they wouldn't immediately notice that this cup wasn't quite touching the table but like anyone who's looking who should be in the room would see the cup raise up and she'll just sit there silently and wait and hopefully the other three members will pick up on what she's doing I definitely assume that Klika and Jarzak were just Jarzak was holding Klika's hand and Klika just guided him through that mosh pit. <laughs> so he'd be right well. there with you. So as Norhill and Anton bumble in and shut the door behind them invisibly, you see a cup floating ghostly in the room before the table. And Jarzak starts eating. No, nope, that's <laughs> not see... fully not what you're disappear. supposed to doing. <laughs> Click is slapping the invisible jar's axe hand and put, puts a cup in his hand and just makes him hold it up. I take it that but, everybody has arrived safely, Norhill whispers. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, trying to eat. Clicka was trying to do like a fun thing where we wouldn't start talking until we knew all four of us were here. But if we're just going to start talking, okay. Click is here, yeah. All right, excellent. Unfortunately, uh, Anton and I managed to... Wait, is Anton uh, here? I believe he is. Oh, okay. Oh, there he is. Just outside banging on the door. (laughs) (laughs) We managed to get knocked down by the Iron Maelstrom as they marched through the streets. However, they did not appear to notice us. So I think chances are good. That they're not going to be very thorough in the in their search, and we'll move on quickly. So, as the party stand here and get a better sort of look around the house, you can tell that there's somewhat of a common area with a couple couches in it, and then there's sort of a downstairs bedroom. There's also a short stairwell that leads up to like a half sort of height attic on the second floor, and from this half height attic, you guys can look out the little window and see the distance, uh, the sort of expanse where the Iron Maelstrom soldiers are picking apart at the remains of the uh, mantises. And um, yeah, I don't know if anybody wants to do that in particular. And Norhill's going to watch them out of the attic. Okay. Um, So as Norhill looks out the window and peers down at them, what you see is almost like uh, a crime scene investigation turned into an ant colony acting in a very hungry way. Um, 
as you look out and see them sort of foring and looking around in the woods, uh, a few of them are already dismantling the metal components of the mantis and carrying them on their backs and rushing back into the town. Um, or sorry, the uh, city rather, uh, and rushing past the buildings. And they're just like dismantling the parts, picking it up and carrying it away. Other ones are still rushing around out there and you can hear them shouting, no signs of them. And they just keep kind of running around. Eventually, one of them calls out for predators. And I don't know how long you guys are planning on staying here. So you might want to discuss that part. I suggest we stay and wait until the patrol has completely moved on. I'm, I mean, while they're, the area. while they're busy, we can just get out of here and keep going. The ones Would that walked like away that? with the pieces of the mantis, uh, where do they go? How do they get back into the city? Judging from what you know of the layout of the city, they're probably headed back to where that central pile was. The one that's acting as sort of like the magnet for all the other stuff floating in the air. I would still prefer so, to wait and see what happens, but maybe Jarzak is right that the time has come to seize the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, we so, can probably follow the ones carrying the metal back, right? That wouldn't lead to the inner area where the castle is, and instead lead to the center point of the outer limits of the city. Fortunately, to get to the inner part, you'd have to cross the uh, the wall. The wall itself, from what you've seen, is like 25 to 30 feet tall with the different little parapets at different uh, points, the individual towers where you saw the guards standing on watch. There are a few gates that let you in, but again. Yeah, so towards the wall then. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, quick now, question, did... are, the walls, um, are the walls matriculated or crenellated or anything? They are. Um, and again, as far... Uh, what? Which one? I'm sorry. No, it's uh, sorry. The, or crenellated? crenellated. The crenellated roofs. So they can't. I know, I'm trying to down. I'm trying to remember all the stupid castle terms here. I'm like fenestrations. I'm like, no, those are the stupid windows. The, I hate the, these, the, you know? Fenestrations are windows. Yeah, I I know, Anthony. I know. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, matriculations are the crenellations that stick out I, a little bit, so you can look down. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, point is. They, uh, being giants, can just look over the edge. As long as you're not laying flat backed against the wall, which you could just rush there. But the question is, would you like to get to the uh, the gates or would you like to get to the wall? Because getting to the wall is easy, but the two gates that lead to the inner part of the city might be a little bit harder. If you like to just get to the wall, you could technically just rush invisibly out towards the, uh, uh, well, I guess, yeah, you have an hour, right? Yeah. So you yep. could technically rush off to the wall in the wilderness. And just kind of go that way, or you could run deeper into the city and run to the gate. Should we fly invisibly over the wall? Do we have space for that, Jarzai? I, we can fly, or we can be invisible, unless someone else can make us do one of those things. Uh, well, if we get close enough to one of the gates, Klika can teleport us all through. But that'll make Klika visible. So it'd be good if I could see somewhere that wouldn't be obvious once we were on the other side. 
just just to highlight this part because you mentioned the teleport the gates are like just giant double doors like they're not see-through like portcullis well that's fucked up why not you know i just didn't think that i would have to uh do that for you i figured i'd tell you that before you get there and i could describe it as doors and you're like "Uh uh-oh i might make this a little different plan can i look through a keyhole yeah do you have to see where you're going Mm, usually for what Kalika was planning yes Kalika would have to be able to see where she was going mm-hmm. we'll just throw Kalika really high up in the air everyone else has to well uh, 30 feet. So yeah, no. If you can throw Kleeko really <laughs> high up in the air and it's not more than 30 feet away from where you guys are. See? There you go. Look, I bring solutions. You guys want a multiple choice? Boom, there you go. One choice. Ooh. The smart choice. Trebu Kalika Shay. Um, um, hmm. Well, perhaps we should simply make for the gauge then. Mayhaps we'll find them open. I don't think so. So as the party decide that they're going to break from this place, spending a hot 10 minutes inside to collect their breath and get ready, would you guys like to just like run down the road towards the gates? At this point, you know where the gates are. So you know that you'll be basically arriving at the gate within like 45 minutes. So by the time you get there invisibly, you'll have like a couple more minutes to be able to peruse, assuming nothing challenges you on the way. Yes. I think that's probably the, the the best plan we're gonna we're gonna get out of this. Okay, how did you guys want to run down the street? Naruto style. Uh oh. I mean, still are you holding on to each other. Okay, so you're just gonna okay. Did yeah. you guys want to keep track of one another, or are you just gonna all sprint and you just have an idea where it is, and you're like, you know. Who cares? Those things that we should at least try to stay together as much as possible. Okay. But if we have to split up, Nor Norhill is going to suggest that we not hesitate. Okay. So in that case, uh, the party make the plan to run for the gates. Uh, Norhill again lists out uh, directions to get there, though everybody has a pretty good idea, but mentions in more specific detail the number of roads you guys are going to have to cross through to get there, and planning sort of the least circuitous route. Uh, Norhill has the plan for a way that doesn't use a main road and instead cuts the straightest line without being sort of a main traffic section, assuming that the guard patrols he saw would likely regroup on one of those roads. So as the party agree and trudge their way running down these roads together, after about 20 or so minutes of jogging down briskly, um, nobody loses one another, but instead... Chasing behind you, or what it sounds like behind you, you hear the sound of like four stomping, pattering metal feet. Ones that sound like they could crack cobblestone with their sheer weight. What would you guys like to do? Norhill's going to look back, see if he can see what it is. Okay. Well, you'd like to stop and wait to see if you can see it? Uh, No. Right. Just (laughs) turn turn your head behind you while you're running. Is what I'm imagining. Yeah, essentially. Just a quick peek back. <laughs> okay. So is Tries everybody it. rushing? 
Oh, sorry. So as everybody's rushing down that way and just looking over shoulder, hearing the same noise, but not wishing to stop so that whatever it is could possibly see you. As you look over shoulder, what you see behind you is sort of a live sort of uh, feline kind of like tiger looking beast. Again, it's huge and it's made of metal. And as it comes prancing down the road at full speed in your direction, it seems like it may be aware of your position, but None of you having a very good idea of where any of you are have a very good idea if it's looking at you or not. So if somebody could roll me a solid wisdom check or a perception check, I'll tell you. Well. Okay. Fifteen. Nice. You said fifteen? Yep. Okay. What about Anton? Sorry. And then what else I was going to say for Jarzak, he would be looking for any like houses with open doors coming up that we could maybe dip into if we needed. Sorry, my pet's being a little slow. Oh, it's okay. Come on. Here we go. About 10. I'm very glad I waited. So at this point, um, Jarzak looking it over and being the one who uses the invisibility spell probably has the best bodily awareness while he's invisible. And looking at the beast, this giant tigress, it's rushing down this road after you guys. You realize it's not looking directly at you, but instead scanning around your general space where you're standing. So Jarzak, having mentioned that you dip into the first open doorway, you do see that there seems to be something of an old alehouse and the front door is ripped completely off the hinges. If you guys would like to dart into there. Uh, so Jarzak's just gonna whisper, hopefully not too loud, so this thing hears, and just uh, take take the door on the left, and just goes right in. So right. with that, as you whisper that aloud, what does everybody do? Norhill is going to try his best to locate uh Klika and Anton without slowing down too much and kind of you know find some way to signal to them you know uh, uh go to the left okay i'm going to say that after 25 or so minutes of running like this you guys have developed a good system of knowing where everybody is and remaining equidistant so i'm going to say there's really no penalties at this point for knowing where each other are but again the w- awareness of something looking at you if it's actually looking at your part you know what i mean that seems a little bit more difficult so that everybody's capable of hearing what uh jarzak had said so does everybody dart in click was training counterintelligence at quantico so she knows better she goes to the right from you know navigating tunnels and whatnot that left is always right so yeah Norhill ducks in yeah I think we'll go to the left okay what about Anton are you gonna have <laughs> counterintelligence as a dwarven miner as well or um... you know Ronnie I think you blocked your mic again oh, <laughs> I'm not certain... uh... no I don't think so I... You're going to go left? Yeah. Okay. 
So the whole party duck into this ale uh, house here and realize that all the casks have been busted open. All of the ale is spilled on the floor and the stale smell of the ale having soaked up all the wood of the floor is smelly and pungent. And as the party sort of dip into here with the boards creaking and groaning under their body weight, the sound of this metallic tiger like bashing through the entrance to this place startles you guys in a way that I think you weren't prepared for with how much distance you had. The thing managed to clear that distance and bashes its body into the entrance here and stands in the uh, sort of the entryway looking around the room, scanning. Uh, and as you look back at it, you realize again, as Jarzak had uh, assessed earlier, it can't see you and does not know where you are. So what would you guys like to do? Norhill is going to stand perfectly still and hold his breath. Okay. Yep. Jarzak does the same. Okay. Yeah, same way I said. Okay. In that case, could I get a constitution check from everybody? Sure. How often I roll that one? Check or save? Say a check. This feels like more of a skill rather than saving yourself. Oh, never mind. Yeah. 19. Okay. 13. Claire. 18. So that the entire party freeze invisibly holding their breath. And there might not, there may as well just be nobody in this place other than this tiger. And as it looks around the room and it mechanically shifts its head left to right on like a pivoting metal spoke, the thing slows down and starts walking backwards turning out of the place and trotting down the street in a very, uh, I don't want to say this, like sort of lackadaisical kind of way. And as it continues down the road, you can hear its footsteps kind of pitter-patter into the distance, coming to a uh, too far away for it to notice you. So what do you do now? Norhill holds his position for a couple more rounds. <laughs> very good. And to tries to quietly sit down and just catch his breath. Jarzak, hearing the footsteps go away in the distance, just holy shit, that was close. Would we know what a tiger is? Yeah. We've seen you a were tiger. tiger. Yeah, oh, right, 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 never mind. But no, the the, the funny thing is we've only ever seen a were-tiger. I know, that's what I was just thinking. Imagine understanding what a werewolf is, encountering what you understand is a were-creature that is a tiger, and then trying to reverse that into an animal. That That's fucking wild. <laughs> well... You know, rest in peace, Sirithal. We'll miss him always. But Thank the, God uh... he's not a zombie. Well, you don't know that. No, I'm just kidding. You guys met him in the spirit realm. But, okay. So at this point, what would you guys like to do? Knowing that the precious minutes you have available on the invisibility spell may be coming to a close. Oh, Alright. Time to go. Well, if... We want to wait here. Maybe we can just re-up the invisibility instead of having to worry about it once we get to the gate. We, if we want to chill here for a minute, so maybe I can uh, use it more than once before we get in the city. You mean take a rest? 
Yeah, just a short rest. Well, Klika, Klika can catnap you, but she wants to do that after you've used all of your spells. Yep, and I'll refresh right now, and then uh, I'll take a little catnap, a little snoozle. So we're just So we're gonna wait here for two hours, <laughs> uninvisible. No, t- ten minutes. You said for are, that nap, right? Yeah, but are <laughs> are you out of spells? Yeah, because I counterspelled earlier. Uh, so I, uh, don't yeah. you have three spells now? And I had cast invisibility. I cast it one more time now to refresh it. That's three. Have and you then... cast it to refresh it? I, oh, I, I see. You're casting it to refresh it, and then I was gonna and, do it after it ran out or towards the end of well, it, if instead you, of at the start. If you catnap at the start, then uh, we have fifty minutes of this one plus three more. That might get us close to the to getting to the inside, you know. Yeah, for what it's worth, if you guys left right now, you'd be able to make it to the gate with this invisibility. I'm just saying that chilling here and hanging out will take away those precious minutes. Again, you had like 45 minutes to get there, and it's 50 minutes left on the spell. So it's one of those things where it's like, you don't have time to fuck around. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, so if you re-up, then I'll catnap. How, How far off are we from the gate? 45, and you have got 50 minutes left on the spell. Not 15, but 50. Oh, okay, so we're barely into this spell. Oh, yeah, then we can keep traveling for we're... now. Sorry, at this point, sorry, you walked 25, so technically you're about 20 minutes away. So, same thing, yeah. 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 So, Garza, okay, yeah. We can just we, we can pick somewhere closer to the gate, find somewhere safe and do this. Um. Yeah. Or just past the gate. We can go into one of the houses there. But we'll need okay. somewhere to take that catnap. My Sounds fantasy good. planning catnaps. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so man. The, uh, you gave us party. this impenetrable city. If you didn't want us to get a little fucking weird with it. Impenetrable. You cast one spell on invisibility, rolled like three easy baby checks. You've been fine. Okay. And we had one card. And, and, and we are ambushed what, a, and trampled and <laughs> we are a quarter of the way in. All right. You know, luckily let, one of us saw that out. out. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Um, so as the uh party dip out of the alehouse and go running down the street towards the uh, ta- uh to the gatehouse. Um, sorry, the um, gate on the outer wall. The uh, party are able to get there pretty easily, not seeing the giant metallic tiger at any point on your travels. But unfortunately, once you get to a point where you can look upon the gate and look upon the big double doors that reach up about 25 or so feet with the actual wall kind of arching over it with something of a bridge standing over it that people can stand upon, you can see in the two gate houses of the sort of tower tops looking down at the uh, courtyard below that there are in fact massive looking metal soldiers standing looking down and in a very uh uh inorganic way they don't seem to be moving whatsoever almost like sentries you know just kind of sitting there but all of them uh the four that are currently here seem to be of a giant size or even a giant type almost looking to be like ogres or hill giants or something that have been sort of reconstituted in this metallic form um, but yeah, the gate 
the doors themselves are reinforced wood uh, and again with metal bars contraptioning over the side of them, but the gatehouse is closed. Or sorry, the doors are closed. Now that we are here, how long do we have on visibility? Five minutes. All right. Now it's the time to re-up. So the party are capable of dipping into one of the local uh, businesses over here after sort of dipping through the door. This itself may have been a sweet shop at one point, but judging by the shattered glass display cases and everything on the floor, it might as well have just been like a broken glass door. Like there's just absolutely nothing to really measure what it used to be. But the back room where they may have been sort of working with the hot, the heated sugars. Um, it seems like there's an entire like stone back area that I don't want to say is impenetrable, but it definitely seems like nobody would go back here. And judging by how reinforced the structure is back here, it seems like people wouldn't even know you're in here if you were talking. So quite the fortitious fine. Nice. Um, well, I'm going to put Jarzak to sleep for 10 minutes, but it's going to feel like longer than 10 minutes. Does anyone else want like a longer than 10 minute rest besides Jarzak? No, not yet. I can afford to wait. So you don't need any healing that you could do by hit die? No. I have right. other options for that as well. Alright. <laughs> Roleplay. <laughs> I just remember that Norhill got a little wounded, so I wasn't sure. I think All Anton right. took damage too. Oh, actually, I don't think Anton did. No, yep, Anton did. Yeah, Anton did. <laughs> Jarzak did, so I'll be rolling hit dice. Well, Anton does have a spell that takes exactly 10 minutes to cast to provide some healing. But I mean, like, why waste two spells if we could do one spell? I don't know. That's up to the people casting spells. I'm not casting any spells. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, um, who's going to nap nap? I, I kind of need to nap. Um, um, okay. I do it for Yeah. Nap. Okay. So Jarzak and Anton both nap while Norhill and Klika keep watch over the old yeah. sugar shack here. Jarzak As you guys will... drift... Oh, sorry. Jarzak will recast invisibility. And okay. then we can nap. Oh, right. Yep. Okay. So as you guys uh, nap invisibly <laughs> on the floor... Um... Oh I mean, if we're fully hidden, you can just cast it once we wake up. Yeah, but then that that's an extra fifty minutes we have on invisibility. If yeah, I do yeah, it before. Th- th- yeah. This way we have more time overall. Oh yeah, I got you because you have that last spell slot. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I'd also just just as a DM caveat say that if you fall asleep, I don't think you can concentrate that, on an active spell. So that's what I was worrying. thinking. We've all been hinging on this happening yeah. that way, and I didn't want to be a jerk and take that from you. And you wake up and you can see yourself, and you're like, uh oh. I'm going to be late for school. Like, I, I didn't want to do that to you guys. So I will say that now that you wouldn't be able to sleep and maintain concentration, though that would be quite the stupendous feat for our wonderful Jarzak. Okay, well, that's fine, too. Um, okay. So, so while everybody else is resting, I guess Norhill is going to ask, 
Cleek, have so any ideas about how to get us past the gate? Well, Cleek can get us oh, on top of the gate or past the gate if it's open. But not through the gate while it's closed. So either on top of while it's closed or through it while it's open. Maybe if we make a big enough distraction, they'll open the gate and then we can all go through it. And by we, I mean Klika. Klika maybe can make a big enough distraction and then we can go through the gate. Um, so just to clarify, you're talking about casting what dimension door? No, it would be scatter at this point because Dimension Door is only one person at a time. And no matter what I cast, it's going to break invisibility. So either we wait until after I use it to become invisible or I have to just go without invisibility once we get in. I must have been thinking of like the Pathfinder version of Dimension Door or something. Yeah, I wish I had more options for teleportation, but I've taken every one so far. <laughs> but yeah, uh, with Scatter, I'll be able to get us 120 feet past wherever I am into there. But <laughs> If the so like either I can get us on top of the gates and then we can figure out how to get down the other side or I if like I make a distraction with like summon draconic spirit then and they open the gates then I'll be uh I'd be able to get us through it just straight through and hopefully get us all invisible right after. Um, a distraction point, might be the best possible idea. I was going to say, at this point of planning, I imagine both Anton and Jarzak awaken from their catnap. Um, at this point, while you guys are sitting here and planning out your distractions, I'm going to need another constitution well actually constitution saving throw at this point uh crit for a total of 28 yeah is this a con uh it's a con save 19 mm -hmm. that's the good nice. stuff 19 nice i've rolled three sevens in a row for my con checks this is my <laughs> second 19 and <laughs> all right anton don't let us down what you got anton explodes Oh darn! While he's sleeping, he just blows up. Oh god, no! What a way to go! Oh, got four. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Ronald! Great. So at this point, okay, once everybody awakens and you, hold on, do you have to... like inspiration? luck, anything that'll <laughs> let you re-roll that. Eat one of the out. magic eat one of the magic beans oh, right wait, now. Could I, could I, uh, 
fuck it. Why not? No, you're not eating a fucking bean. You don't have the time to just eat a bean, okay? <laughs> you don't fail a check and then you're like, I eat the bean. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, you don't even know what happens yet. Like, what's your armor class? Like, I eat the bean. You, you can't reactionarily just eat a bean when I'm asking you a question. Everyone roll a I eat the bean. You just keep it in your cheek for that situation. Yeah, ready oh to God. crunch down at any moment. <laughs> um okay so at this point as you guys are speaking you feel what can only be described as like an otherworldly semi-physical presence you feel like your inner senses get diluted and you feel a strange like inner ear activity as if everybody at the same time experiences like the onset of vertigo and as you guys all like kind of brace yourselves grabbing the walls and sort of like you know hunkering down for the strange headache you're getting Anton's eyes just roll back in his head and his nose Whoa. begins to bleed okay and as everybody's having this experience and having this like mind-numbing headache Anton becomes stunned he is basically paralyzed at this point from this mind-numbing pain all of a sudden, as if like the initial reverberation being like non-physical, you guys all of a sudden hear what sounds like a rumbling sound, like an earthquake of sorts. But it's just the sound of just a metal groan, like an otherworldly volume as it just shatters through the sphere of where you guys are. And the city is just enveloped in this loud noise. Okay. And at this point, as Anton just lays on the ground in a paralytic state and everybody else sort of grabbing themselves and regaining their, their posture here, you can tell that your metal armor and everything metal you're wearing begins to shift from one direction to another as it sort of like moves with the wave, as if you guys are like in the ocean and feel the undercurrent pull all of your gear front to back. And it, soon enough, you realize with the looming presence of the spire in your minds, this may be one of those waves you had been hearing about and being much closer than you were before. It may explain a bit of it, but this is like otherworldly strength. And I'm going to need a perception check from everybody, except for Anton, who's currently stunned on the floor from this, just like racking his brain. Yeah, we all have advantage on it because we passed the check, right? For perception? Yeah. I mean, I uh, for what it's worth, I'm. It's not a hard check to get. Okay, well, so here's my four. Oh, I got a fourteen. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> what did what did Jarzak get? Seventeen. Nice. What about Norhill? Six. Okay, so at this point in time, you guys can hear what can only be described. Okay, is the sound of like a massive like structure falling. You can hear the sound of groaning metal and the sound of whistling, whipping winds as if something is hurtling to the earth at a speed most unholy. Okay? Now, judging by how well Jarzak and Klika did with their perception check, you can feel the building you're within shaking as if the inertia of something above you is enough to rattle the house. And realizing this, it sounds like one of the giant hunks of metal from the sky above may be hurtling from the sky in your direction. To echo this thought, 
an earthquake style seismic activity occurs somewhere else in the city as you feel things in this room shake and shatter as you hear a huge boom and you guys prepare for what might be coming toppling down upon you. What would you like to do? I think you would also like to take a nap. One last peaceful rest before the end. Uh, Anton, I'm going to let you roll one more con check. Uh, oh rather. Come on, Anton. you got to be able to save yourself. An eight? Can an eight save me? Your eyes roll back for a moment and you're like, oh, where am I? And you're like stunned. You're half in it, half out of it. You are dazed. Um. Okay. Let's so, what the party like to do? Me, kills me quickly. Uh, are there any windows uh, on the the floor where we're taking shelter? You guys had decided to stay in that stone area. So, if you guys would like to run to the front area, uninvisible, you can do that. Yeah, Nora Norhill's going to go look out the window, see what happened. Okay, so as you guys rush out and like look to the front window uh, to see out in the street, you realize it's getting darker very quickly as if something of a shadow overhead seems to be enveloping the land you're standing in. Mm-hmm. Your moments appear to be very limited. Mm. Is, 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 is the Herald of Steel trying to like say fuck it i don't like the queen anymore and just destroy the capital is that no i done? think i think they pinpointed our location on your fail check and are using orbital bombardment to let us know what Norhill is going to oh shout out that's what it is everybody run um and he's going to go into the back into the room and pick up anton Oh, thank God, because uh, otherwise I would have had a blow in a spell slot trying to move fucking Santa. <laughs> I'm gonna, Anton, Anton, you can roll me an athletics check at disadvantage to see if you can, like, drunkenly hobble your way out of here. Like, you are, like, conked in, like, weird MRI moves right now. So I'm gonna say, if you can, like, hobble your weight on your left leg and just, like, rush out of here uh, zombie style. I, 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 I failed. <laughs> So as you try to help yourself up, you like headbutt the wall trying to stand up, and Norhill's like, "Oh Jesus!" Yeah, so Nor- 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 Norhill grabs him up like fireman style, but <laughs> Anton is like twice Norhill's height, so his feet are going to be dragging on the ground. Okay, so who's ready for the hard part? As you, as the party rush for the doorway to exit this place, would you want to go to the left or to the right? To the left leads you towards the gate. To the right leads you back once you came but you only have precious moments to get out of whatever may be falling down upon you. Yeah, as we're uh, running let's to the... See. No, yeah, Norhill is assuming that it's an attack, um, so he's going to run to the left because they've probably planned their attack to not damage their walls. Yeah, Click is going to head towards the gate. Yeah, Jarzak's going to as we're running out, cast invisibility on all of us and head to the gate as well. Okay. So, as you guys rush out the door at full speed as much as you can, fireman style with Anton carrying him upon your shoulders, um, you get a glimpse at the city and realize that a lot of the chunks of metal 
are falling from the sky at odd intervals, and you see shrapnel as they hit the ground and buildings just exploding all over the place. It seems like some of the metal is still floating in the sky, but kind of dipping down. And at this point, as you look around and see the shadowy part above you, the deafening roar of all this metal coming careening down at your location, you realize nobody was directing this. And if they were, I guess they do have a problem with the queen because this piece of metal comes hurtling down and crashes into the gate as well as the wall and nearly directly upon all of you. I'm going to need a dexterity saving throw from everybody, except for Anton, who I guess is going to take the brunt of it, unless Norhill passes with flying colors. <laughs> well, you held him over your head. I guess you're not going to take much of this I damage, know. are you? Uh, Stop 20. Right. Um, Norhill is going to Indomitable to re-roll uh, that nice juicy two that he got. Oh, no. Address <laughs> <laughs> that got an 18. Excellent. 18. Okay. That, so that was the entire... a clutch use of that ability. I was fully expecting a one this time. So as the entire party go darting through, nobody has evasion, correct? Nope. Uh, no. Okay. So as the entire party go darting through here, oh my God, that's a lot of sixes. As the party go rushing past where they think it might fall, um, shrapnel seems to fall from all sides of it and start hurtling down plummeting into the cobblestone at your feet and just like starts oofing up chunks of rock and stone and the most like blood curdling noise the most fearful like animalistic sensation as these like just subway trains of metal hit the ground the entire castle wall here this inner wall just like collapses down like a like a stack of cards as the gate falls down the doors crumple in and the entire thing just becomes a sheet of rubble. The dust cloud that poofs up from this explosion and all the bits in shrapnel, uh, of shrapnel just come like careening towards you guys and just a frenzy. Um, you all take 14 points of damage um, as the pieces just come like the bits of shrapnel you're able to dodge the minivans of metal, um, which sounds like a pretty sick band. But the rest of it just kind of like covering you guys and cutting you and slicing you as it does. Um, at this point, what you notice standing amongst like the dust and sort of attempting to to sort of recapture your your stance and sort of get a grip of what's going on here. The metal begins to slowly but surely pull out of the earth and begin to float up yet again to where it was. And at this point, with all the chaos that had taken place from this. I think we're going to end it there. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons. Dungeons.